Thank you for joining us for Working Through the Word, a ministry of the Richmond Church of Christ. Let's join our pulpit minister, Mike Johnson, as he brings today's lesson. One of the things that unites all of us is that we all have a past. Every one of us. Not one of us just appeared here without going through a past. Our present, in fact, has been influenced by our past. And we should, in fact, learn from the past. But we don't want to live in the past. We continue our theme for the year, Drink from the Spiritual Rock. And today I want us to think about how it is that we fail to drink from the spiritual rock if we are stuck in the past. If we're not able to deal with it properly, if we're not able to relate to it in the right way, we're not drinking from the spiritual rock. That rock is available to us and we today can learn how to see our past well, to deal with it properly, and therefore gain from the spiritual rock all that there is for us. We like to sit around and think about the past. I've said a few times that recently I come, have come across a number of historical documents of the Richmond Church. Pictures, written documents, and I've been filtering through some things. I found the original deed when the first piece of property was given to the Richmond Church over on Baker Court. If you know where that is, the property backed up to the cemetery. The Old structure is still there if you want to drive over to Baker Court and see where our first place was that was not a rented place. And I, I found that deed and I read it and some interesting, very interesting things that were there, not to mention the names of people, one of whom was here when I first came here. So we love looking at the past. We put pictures on our walls in our houses of the past, and we see our children grow from this age to this and this. So the past is something that we enjoy, but we certainly cannot just live in it. I want to take the example today of the Israelite people. This text as was read just a few moments ago, is a text that tells us what the reputation of the children of Israel still is to this day. When you think about who they were, what do you think about? Well, most likely you think about those people who just complained all the time and they griped and they sinned, and they kept doing things that made God mad and angry, and they were just not getting it. They just never seemed to get it. And in the list there that was read, 
You see some things that happen in the history of the Israelite people because of their mentality. I want you to notice two things about them that are probably true about all of us. Number one, Israel had a past, and they had at times a privileged past. When Joseph was sold by his brothers into Egypt, and the great famine came upon the world, and by that time, Joseph had risen to the stature in Egypt as second in command because God was with him. And he brought his whole family from that land of Canaan to live in Egypt. And at the end of the book of Genesis, we find out that that family of Joseph comes to the Pharaoh. And Pharaoh said, here, before you is the land of Goshen. It's the best land that we have. Go, settle there, have families there. You are now here. You're a part of us. And they were a privileged people. The Pharaoh, ruler of the then known world, was taking care of them because God was working with them. But then the book of Exodus opens, and we learn something else about their past. They had a persecuted past. As the book opens, we find these words, and there arose a Pharaoh who did not know Joseph. After all of these years, Joseph's name had been forgotten. Even though he was second in command, even though he saved the world by his plan during the famine to make sure everybody had food. And the text even says that Joseph bought the people for the Pharaoh. But he was forgotten. And the new Pharaoh looked at all of these people and said, we might be in trouble. Because in their privileged past, they did exactly what the Pharaoh said. And they lived in that bountiful place. And they had great families. And now the family of the Israelites was huge. And the Pharaoh said, we better stop something. They're going to take us over. Now you know the story. They put them into slavery, building all of the great edifices down in Egypt. And they were harsh taskmasters, and they made it rough on them. And they even tried to kill their children. Oh, they had a privileged past, but they also had a persecuted past. That's not unlike any of us. When we think back in our past, we can think of some really good times. And we think about family trips. We think about accomplishments. We think about decisions. And we think, I have had 
a wonderful life. But then we can also say, but this was tough. We failed here. We messed up here. It has caused me grief through the years. And it's not comfortable to think of those things. Because just like the Israelites, we have a past. And that past has been good. But that past has also had very many difficulties. Here's the problem. We can't help but think about the past. But if we live in the past, we are going to distort it. And it's not going to be what it really was if we're not careful by living in the past. I want you to take the example of the Israelites for a few minutes and notice how they distorted their own past. We can live in the past and distort it if we think our past was really better than it really was. It is possible for us to live in the past in such a way that we gloss it over and we make it look so good and everything was so much better than it really was. In Exodus 16, the children of Israel said to Moses, Why didn't the Lord just kill us? When we sat with bowls full of meat, bowls to the full in Egypt. Really? Think about this, Israelites. When you look back at your past in your time in Egypt, are you telling me that things were really that good? You had everything you wanted to eat. You just sat around easily enjoying fellowship and meals and food and meat to the full. Really? Have you not, have you forgotten what they put you through? If we don't, if we try to make the past better than it was, we might be tempted to go back there. And they were. They said, why don't we just get up and go back? Because, wait a minute. There were some difficulties. There were some problems. Don't make it better than it was. But number two, don't make it worse than it was. And Israel did that too. In Numbers 16, there's a guy named Korah with his family who decided, God is talking to me too, not just you, Moses. Well, God said, well, let's see whom I'm talking to. Korah, you go stand over there with whomever is on your side. And Moses, you stand over here with the people. Now, 
Moses then, from the urging of God, said to the people, Now, if God chooses today, and he does not do something spectacular that has never been done, then Korah can be believed. And at that moment, God split the earth underneath Korah. And the earth opened and swallowed him and closed back over him. And you would think, wouldn't you, that the people would just quake in their boots. Verses 41 and 42. The people came to Moses and said, You killed the people of God. Now, wait a minute. That was bad what happened to Korah. But wait a minute. Those people had rebelled. Those people had. It's not worse. You think they've killed the people of God? No. God was punishing somebody. You're labeling it worse than it really was. This is not Moses standing up to say, I'm the best and you better listen to me. This was God saying, wait a minute, Moses. I'll show the people who really is in charge. Sometimes we have a past and we think of our past as saying, you know, mine doesn't really matter. It doesn't really matter. I don't matter. Nothing's important from my past. In Numbers 14, the Israelites said, why don't the, doesn't the Lord just go ahead and kill us? He could have killed us there. He can kill us here. What's the difference? Maybe they thought that of the things that had happened to them, they weren't really important anymore. And maybe they were depressed. Maybe they were bothered because of the way they looked at their past, that they don't matter. God should just go ahead and kill me. Or finally, number four, they looked at their past at times as set in stone leading to an inevitable future. There's nothing we can do about it. Nothing at all. We can't make it. Numbers 14. They had come to the promised land. And they turned around. We can't do it. In Exodus 14, they had just crossed and come to the Red Sea. And there behind them was the enemy gaining on them now. We're in trouble. We're going to die. We can't do this. It's not meant for us to leave Egypt. They're coming to get us. 
past is not set in stone for the future. We do have free will. And we can rise above our past. There are some lessons that I think we need to learn. If we're going to handle the past, if we're going to drink from the spiritual rock that Jesus wants us to, we can't have the weight and the burden of the past that is weighing us down. So what do we need to do with the past? Number one, appreciate the lessons. Philippians chapter 4, Paul said of himself, I know how to abound, and I know how to be abased. In everything and in every way, I have learned. We need to take our past, look at it honestly and properly, and appreciating that there are great lessons that we can learn from our past. Lessons that can help us in the future. Lessons that will help us have a mental stability that we can move forward. Now, we might learn lessons that show us we can't change something because of how it's been set. But we can learn lessons from the past. Number two, admit your failures. There are times when we have failed. And those past failures are there. You can't get them out of your mind. I would love to get them out of mine. My offer still stands. I offer it every now and then. Some of you who are really intelligent, help me. Let's come up with a vacuum cleaner that we can attach to the ear and pull out all of the images and memories that are weighing us down and get them out of our minds so we can move on. Oh, it's not easy. But we must be able to do it. Because number three, accept the forgiveness. God did say in Romans 8 and verse 1, there's no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Maybe you condemn yourself. Maybe you beat on yourself. Maybe you look in the mirror and you cry and you moan and you say, why? God's not doing that. God's not pointing a finger at you and saying, sinner, sinner, sinner. If you're a child of God, you've been forgiven. And we need to accept that forgiveness for ourselves. Number four, answer the critics. Answer the critics. Don't let others see the past weigh you down. Oh, there's plenty of criticism to go around. Plenty of people who want to hurl stones at each other. Don't let them see you fail. To Timothy in 1 Timothy 4 and verse 12, 
Paul said as he was beginning his ministry as a young man, probably by then in his 30s. Let no one despise your youth, but you be an example to the believers. And that would be true whether you are young actually or merely young at heart. Answer the critics. Stand up and say, no, my past is not going to define me. What I have done, the way I have failed is not going to set in stone for me in the future. I will rise above it. I will do better. That's who I am. And then number five, assure the heart. 1 John 3, verse 19. This we know the truth, and we will assure our hearts. Truth gives you assurance. When you look at the past, look at it in truth for what it is. And from that truth, stabilize, strengthen, and assure your heart that you are okay with God. The Israelites have a lasting reputation from those who have read of them in the Old Testament that their past just kept cropping up in their present. Constantly, they just couldn't get on past the past. You won't be able to drink from the spiritual rock unless you do. Jesus offers a way out of the past. If you've never come to him, then the burden of your past is weighing you down and you are in trouble. The past will go with you to eternity and it could keep you away from God. When you're immersed into Jesus Christ, your past is gone. And when Christians repent in the present, our past is gone because I admit my failures. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive. Today, I hope you're ready to drink from the rock and have the past where it ought to be. If we can help you in the present with your past, our shepherds would love to meet you. Let's stand and sing together. We hope you enjoyed today's broadcast brought to you by the Richmond Church of Christ. We are located at 1500 Lancaster Road in Richmond, Kentucky. We meet on Sunday mornings for Bible class at 9 a.m., followed by our morning worship service held at 10 a.m. Our Sunday evening service is held at 6 p.m., and our midweek Bible study is held on Wednesday at 7 p.m. If you are in the area, we would love to have you as our honored guest. Thanks for listening.